Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I got him, Ballara. I just had dinner with the Obama, what did you do? Hop up on Twitter talking about the stuff you don't do. Rock off a lawn, shawty, cause that is what you gon' do. Sabiato, new balance of style. Third down and six, right up the gut. That is Gibson, and he is gone. Third of the ball game for the rookie Antonio Gibson. Farms at the farms, all you hear is oi. One time for BDR, we just try to see you out. I used to be with Nas, beating Murray City up. Why should you talk to one respect about it? Picked up, and Mullins fumbles the football. Washington has it back. Chase Young, they're chasing him down the sideline. And Chase Young has a Washington touchdown. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. I've been ungrateful, but thankful. Maybe I got it all too fast, too soon. Been living life, no feelings, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'ma hop in this point and like a fool. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast, our first podcast as official Believe podcast members. Brian, what is going on, man? What's up? Ready to talk some draft and uh, about your time there. But yeah, so excited about this news and uh, to get it rolling. I know. Such a great network. Got a lot of big names to do podcasts in there. So complete honor to be joining a ton of podcasts. Definitely check out all the shows, you know, outside of Washington, other sports. And they talk about a lot of things, not even sports related. So check out the Believe Podcast Network, no doubt about it. We're excited to come on. And like you said, the NFL draft came and went. It goes by so fast. It seems like those three or four months leading up to it last forever. And then it finally gets here, Brian, and it ends so fast. But overall, I would say this was a very good draft class. And we're going to break it down into two parts. This first episode is going to be part one where we talk about the first five picks. Brian, you ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel like we saw 25 mock drafts per writer out there. And then for it to be over like that is crazy. So, uh, yeah, but I think the team definitely got better. And I'm excited to see all these guys out there in burgundy and gold. Absolutely. And I have to say, you know, being in Cleveland, the atmosphere is electric. We knew Browns fans were crazy. Like, Bills fans are crazy. But I would say Browns fans, the Brownies is what they call them, are right up there with the Bills insane atmosphere and i was telling you the first night it was pouring down rain like sideways crazy wind freezing cold just miserable but people were still out there just standing soaking it all in literally yeah (laughs) soaking in the rain booing roger goodell having a blast and just the atmosphere of having football back being around fans man there was nothing like it Uh, i saw a good bit of washington fans representing um I'm sure you saw, ran into Jason Wright, got in touch with him after the draft and uh, after the first Inside round. Sources. And saw, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal guy, by the way. We know that, but just how yeah. cool he is and how down to earth he is really uh, doesn't go unnoticed. But saw the pit of all the teams and watched it was represented well. We saw uh, the guy come up on stage and announce the pick uh, day three. He's on Twitter now. A bunch of good stuff going on with the fan base, but man. It was honestly just a blessing to be there and just see these guys get drafted, walk across the stage. A lot of Alabama guys, I got to throw that out there. It was a, definitely a blast watching them walk across. They, as always, represented the university. How many total? Oh, man. I just remember those six in the first yeah. round. A lot. I, this, this is a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, no doubt. I didn't know yeah. if you knew the number, but yeah. I so many Alabama guys all over the place. Yeah, but like you said, you know, there were some questionable picks in our draft that fans have been talking about that we'll definitely break down and give our takes on it. But, man, pick 19. Let's start off with Jamin Davis. Not Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis. I called him Jamin for like three months. I was so glad they finally broke it down, watched it, put out the funny meme. There's a lot of people called him Jamin. I was one of them. But Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky, 6'3", 234. Just a dynamite at linebacker. This pick was speculated for a long time. People were going back and forth. Rashad Bateman or a wide receiver or Darisol tackle or linebacker. And everyone thought it was going to be Jock and who yeah. seemed to slip. I'll talk a little bit about him coming up. How did he feel when the pick was announced with pick 19? Were you surprised or did you kind of expect it? 
Uh, I, okay. So this entire draft, I think we talked about it a little bit. Like we could see them going a whole bunch of different ways, but kind of, you know, hitting target areas. And so linebacker was obviously one of those and they were, they were able to do that. So I really, I, I thought it was going to be JOK too. Um, I, I was surprised to see him slip. It'll be interesting to, to see how, you know, you know, to compare those guys, but uh, there's nothing wrong with Jamin Davis. And uh, the more I, I read about him, the more I see about him, man, I'm excited. To, and he just seems like a freak athlete and uh, can't wait to watch him in Washington. But yeah, I, I had no idea which way they were going. And I tried to stay off Twitter, you know, oh, getting yeah. the, the I didn't spoiled. want to see <laughs> Yeah. I didn't want anything spoiled. So I saw, uh, you know, as they, they announced it on TV and um, I was fully, honestly, I was expecting Darisaw. I thought they were for sure going tackle there, um, but nothing wrong with a, a linebacker, something they absolutely need. Something that Ron Rivera, I think, kind of pointed out at some point last year, the linebackers just weren't very good. And uh, one way to get better is to draft a freak like Jamin Davis. Yeah, it's very well known in the fan base that our linebacker core has been struggling and has really been the weak unit on such a dominant defense now. Um, and with Jamin Davis, with him, like it, he fits. It's funny because Jordan Reed with the Draft Network tweeted out, he's like, this was the worst kept secret in the NFL yeah. draft. He said, linebacker, military background, he's a disciplined guy. It just screams Ron Rivera. It screams his culture. And with his athleticism, you can't help but get excited. Now, the big question that I've been seeing is where would he play as a linebacker? And that's a question I have, too. So I had to really watch his film because he does everything so well. He was actually the most athletic linebacker tested in the draft. who scored a 9.94 RAS, which is the relative athletic score um, across linebackers. He was actually 15th out of 2,155 linebackers dating back to like 1987. So, Athletic ability through the charts. If, if you need any more proof, just look at his pictures when he has his jersey up and he's just playing like Zeke does, you know, with right. his abs showing. Like, that's all the proof that you need that this guy is a beast on the field. But he does everything so well. His 2020 grades was an 87.5 in the run defense, 84.7 tackling, and 72.2 in coverage. And a lot of people actually said he was one of like the top two or three coverage linebackers in the draft. So when you really look at this defense, I know it's kind of early to project depth charts. We'll do that later on. But where do you think he really fits in with our defense to where he would excel right away? The Sam, the Will, or the Mike? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he does a whole bunch of stuff well. Um, I could see him he, him out there kind of just as a Swiss Army knife in terms of uh, linebacker play. I mean, they're definitely going to, take advantage of him covering uh, tight ends. I mean, we talked about that last year. I mean, that's what we've been starving for, for linebackers for this team. And uh, since as long as I can remember, a guy that can cover tight ends. I mean, just the way the league is, you need your linebackers to be able to cover guys. And oh, that's yeah. that's a, that's the thing that I heard, that he was so good in coverage. And that, that made me so excited. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to use him uh, in a bunch of different ways. And, uh, you know, even with two linebackers out there only, you know, I think he's going to be he want, he's going to be one of those guys out there, uh, you know, every down that he can be. And uh, I'm excited to see it as far as what exact position. I'm not sure. And I think that that, uh, you know, we've seen Ron Rivera loves versatility. We see him love guys that can be flexible, can play a couple different spots and play them well. So I think we're going to see him in a bunch of different roles. And the way the, the way the offenses are going in the NFL, you kind of need a guy that can just be all over the place. And uh, Jamin just seems to be that kind of guy. Yeah, to me, I'm really struggling between the Mike and the Will because he's not going to shy away from linebackers, which is pretty much what the Will's uh, responsibility is, being that outside linebacker, covering the tight ends. But with your Mike, like you want someone who's well-balanced at everything. And to me, that's what Davis does. And – He's got that instinct, that twitch that it seems like none of our linebackers have. He has such a patience about himself. Like, he's not going to jump the gun and, you know, let a, a running back run past him or cut the other right. way. He's not going to let, let that happen. He's going to close in the gap, let let the play develop and attack it when he needs to. He's not going to force anything. He's not going to rush the play. So, like, to me, I would love to see him as a middle linebacker. And, and I think that's where he would be the best at, honestly. 
And people bring up the one year of production at Kentucky. Like, where did he come from? He was the fastest rising player in the entire draft. Went from like right. a late fifth round grade to 19th overall. People are like, well, what about that production? Like, does that worry you? No. Have you seen our front four? If there's if there's a front four you want to come into the league and play behind and excel and develop in your role, it's in Washington. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. So as a middle linebacker, that seems to be usually the guy that has the green dot on their helmet. I don't know that you get that as a rookie, the one that's calling out the plays. You think eventually that he is that guy? I mean, I think he's got to be. And, and like, and I think it goes back to that mentality. He said a, a quote when he was talking a little while back saying, you can't have like a million dollar goal with like a, a dollar mindset or something along right, that yeah, lines. Like, like his, his mentality, like of how he plays, like he doesn't just – give half effort every play like he goes all out every play and that's one thing that was talked about the most is just his presence on the field off the field and how much of a leader he was how much his coaches loved him and being around him um and there's actually a quote um i can't find it but his, his coaches were talking about like how special a player he is like physically they were like this is hands down like the the most special player we've had off the field at kentucky like he goes to the facility, talks to the people cleaning the building, and just says, hey, thank you. You know, he's the kind of person that's going to look you in the eyes and just talk to you as a person. And, like, to me, that just screams, like, what we're building. Like, that's Chase Young. That's right. Jonathan Allen. That's all these special guys on defense. And to me, it, it's a home run. Like, he fits us exactly. So, if you had to grade Davis coming into Washington, what kind of draft grade are you giving? Uh, man, I, I, I hate to just give out A's, but I, but I don't, I think this is a solid A. I think that it fits a need. I think it's an athlete. Um, you know, you already mentioned his athletic score and that seemed to be a theme. I think, uh, for, uh, Washington is just all these athletic guys. Um, yeah. And the character fit is, is just exactly what Ron Rivera is looking for. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a solid A, um, and, as soon as he makes that first hit, I'm going to bump it up to an A+. because I just can't wait to see him out there flying around. And uh, I think he's going to be special. And and like you mentioned, playing behind that front four, even if he's not, you know, from a first-round pick, you obviously want your first-round pick to be special. But even if he's just decent to, to you know, above average, playing behind that front four is going to be pretty sweet. And that that makes that uh, that grade a little bit higher even then. So, yeah, really excited about him, and I think that this is a, a great pick. And like you said, with Jordan Reed and, and all the connections, uh, military, all that, it just makes so much sense. How could you not think that this was the pick? Looking back, I feel so silly for not thinking. Yeah. That was like, how, do we, how do we not <laughs> how do we notice? Not notice? So, exactly. uh, yeah, it makes so much sense, and uh, can't wait for it. So um, Justina Anderson tweeted out after the pick that she got a text from a source in Washington and said he can play all three linebacker spots, starts off as a Sam linebacker kind of guy and dime in the sub package, runs very well, good zone awareness and ability to cover man, very good read and react and a sure tackler, makes plays at or near the line of scrimmage. So like that's to me is just everything that we've been missing from our linebacker core. Exactly. So like that alone, like not even adding like how great of a, a person he is, according to you know everyone around him, it's an A. Like this is what we need on our defense. Like, can you imagine? Like, I get so excited to think about this defense that we saw last year with a dominant linebacker just running all over the field, hitting people. He's one of the hardest hitting linebackers in the draft, too. Like Micah Parsons might have been number one, but man, Jamin Davis is right there with him. He's right behind him. That's one of the hardest hitting guys. So I'm excited to see this guy fly around the field. Seeing flashes of uh, Cole Holcomb last year and, and just how inconsistent he was. Like, we saw flashes of greatness. This is help uh, for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that Jamin Davis is going to be a little more consistent. And, you know, we saw Cole Holcomb kind of like, you know, blow up Zeke and make some plays in the backfield. And I just think that's what Jamin Davis is going to do uh, each down. And, and you're right. It takes a little bit of pressure off Cole Holcomb. And uh, hopefully they can build off each other and, and do some special stuff for that for that linebacker core. Yeah, a lot of people are saying don't be surprised if this is like a sleeper pick for a defensive player or defensive rookie of the year because of the defense and the supporting cast he has. A lot of people like Booger McFarland was like, this guy can easily hit that hundred tackle mark for the season, and he was actually the only person, only FBS defender last year with a hundred tackles and three interceptions. So if he hits hundred tackles his first season. It's a home run. Like it's yeah. not, saying that's, 
Yeah, that's not a like line in the sand saying he has to hit this mark. But to me, like if he if he does that, like he's going to be here for a long time. A lot of people comped him as Darius Leonard. If he's anything close to Darius Leonard, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that all day long. Something else that we have needed, Brian, and I don't want to bring up names, but since Trent Williams left, we need a tackle. And it seems like crazy enough, the guy that we didn't talk about enough turned out to be the most athletic tackle in the entire draft. Samuel Cosme, great name, great hair, facial hair like you, Brian. I think y'all be right. good friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> six probably foot probably seven. about the same, yeah, same size. Yeah. Yeah. You're but you're pushing six seven. That's right. <laughs> if you stand on the table, six <laughs> seven three fourteen tackle out of Texas scored a nine point nine nine RAS score. Did you, did you say six seven? I didn't realize he was that tall. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't oh look that gosh. tall. Just because he wears fifty two, maybe it makes him look yeah. smaller. Well, he's not gonna six... get fifty two now. That's Jamin's number. You yeah. see that? Yep. Officially, anyway, I got the jersey. I got the jersey. Had some. Nine point nine nine RAS score out of ten. That is second out of one thousand one hundred and forty three offensive tackles since nineteen eighty seven. We're seeing a pattern. Yeah. Freak athletes. I would not make this draft class. There's no doubt about it. Matter of fact, I'll even bring up this nugget. Did you know Washington had eight elite ranked relative athletic score athletes in this draft? which is the fourth most ever out of 1,076 draft classes. Fourth most ever. Freak athletes in this draft class. And Cosme is the highest ranked one out of everybody. He says he has no preference in the left tackle and right tackle spot, but obviously I feel like he would fill that left tackle role here for us. He has a great lateral quickness and violent hands, and he loves to finish blocks. That's my kind of lineman. Like in the run block, if you're pushing that outside line, I want to see you finish, guys. I want you to see him lay on top of him, hit him with a little Shawn Michaels, elbow drop off the top rope, whatever you have to do. And he can also catch the ball. Did you see the blade with the 20-yard oh, yeah. screen? Oh, like, yeah. It wasn't – It wasn't like shout out Deron Payne. I know you had that touchdown against Clemson. It was a little dump pass. This was a 20-yard screen play. Like, he had to get some wheels on the outside. He had some great blocks to help him out. But still, like, how impressive was that to you? Yeah, I mean, it just shows the athleticism. We've already talked about it. That seemed to be the theme. Um, and honestly, you know, kind of looking at Ron Rivera, you know, a year in, it seems like he's looking for athletes all over the place. I mean, Logan Thomas. Yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas, you know, former quarterback, he just shows different things. I mean, that's just one example, but. Cosme as well, man. Yeah, that that uh, catch and run was pretty impressive. Um, and I, all I've heard is that his footwork is really good. Maybe that's why I was surprised that he was 6'7", because I just heard that he has great footwork, and I just don't expect a guy that big to be um, that agile. And so, yeah, if he could come in and, and be that left tackle and nail that, that spot down for the next decade, whew, that would be awesome. And then the fact that he's, in, he's a second-round pick, um, you know, it's a steal at that point. Honestly, if you find your starting left tackle for however long and he, you got him in the second round, not even the first for as round. as good as this left tackle class really was. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this guy. I think that uh, he's going to really help, um, like you said, finishing blocks. Uh, can't, I can't wait to see him out there. And um, six foot seven, he's going to be towering over some guys and, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, training camp's going to be exciting this year. I pray we have it. Um, but to yeah. me, like, his one knock was he had, like, an average bin. Like, he needs to work on that some. And, like, he's sliding out and needs a little bit of work. But other than that, like, the more I watch this guy, he was a very consistent starter over three seasons at Texas. And he was actually the highest pass-blocking uh, graded offensive tackle out of everyone against ranked teams with a 91.3 PFF grade. So it's like, okay, when he plays against the good, you know, teams, he's not, you know, people throw out names and like, oh, well, we're doing from North Dakota State. Like, what kind of teams are they going against? What kind of, you know, right. you know, talent are they going up against? Like, against ranked teams, this guy, year in and year out, like I said, three-year starter showed up. And last year, he only allowed eight pressures on 368 snaps. Like, how – you talk about quarterbacks and for the the – 
the group that thinks we still need a quarterback or we should have traded up for a quarterback or taken someone in the second, which I'm glad we didn't, by the way. If you want better quarterback play, get better line play. Get yeah. better weapons, which is what we did. We'll talk about another weapon here tonight that I'm excited about. But build around the quarterback. This piece is one of those pieces. And people – it's funny because I got to draft everyone that, like who like, drafted like a tackle in the first round. They're like, yeah, we got a tackle. Woo! Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not exciting. But someone, not sexy. No. Someone said drafting uh, offensive linemen is like getting socks for Christmas. Like, yeah. It's not the most exciting thing, but daggone it, it gets the job done. And you need like a good pair of socks. Exactly. Like, do you have a favorite pair of socks? Oh, yeah. Everybody does, right? Yeah. Like the Nike low cuts or mid cuts, like the high quality. Yeah. Get the more thin ones. Like, these suck. I don't want these. You're looking yeah. for your good socks. We got some good socks. Same with Cosme is our Nike mid cut, low cut, whatever preference you have socks. And I'm excited about them. This offensive line is pretty interesting, though. I'm going to talk about that really yeah. quick. We said he's our left tackle guy. That brings up the question mark, Sadiq Charles. Is he a left tackle? Is he a left guard? You know, what about Cornelius Lucas? What What's your prediction? I'll, uh, I'll just ask you this on the left side. Left tackle, left guard, start the season. What do you think? Uh, ooh, to start the season. So if, if you would have asked maybe who plays the most games at those spots. I'll um, that. We'll change it. Well, I'll I'll give you both. How about that? I'll give you both answers. So to start the season, I think we're going to see what we saw towards the end of last year in Cornelius Lucas and Wes uh, Schweitzer. I think that those guys kind of solidify themselves. Um, Maybe not solidify themselves, but, you know, impress. They earned the the right. Exactly. So I think that they're going to stick with it, and I think that they're going to at least start the year. But I think that Cosme at some point plays uh, left tackle, uh, whether he comes in, you know, hopefully it's not for an injury, but, you, you know, I think that he takes over. But I, I really do think that he's competing at the start of the year. I just think that Lucas having a year in the system might have a little bit of an edge. Um, Sadiq Charles, I could see him taking over. I just wonder. We just haven't seen enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, where is he at? Is he fully healthy? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him a whole lot, but I'm not giving up on him at any by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just not sure that we see him a whole lot. So to start the season, I think it's Lucas and Schweitzer, <laughs> but I think Cosme ends up playing uh, a good bit of the season at left tackle, and, and Schweitzer uh, most of the season, if not all. I, I honestly think Cosme is our starter. And it goes back to being that three-year starter at Texas, getting the reps, knowing what his job is. And he does have that versatility like we talked about. He could play right tackle if something, you know, God forbid, happens to Morgan Moses. But I think he's our starter at left tackle, and I think our left guard is going to be Eric Flowers. I I totally forgot about Flowers. Oh, my gosh, exactly. I think think him coming back – and I I agree with you, though. I think, you know, don't rule out Wes – I think West did a phenomenal job last year. Same with Cornelius Lucas. Like it wouldn't surprise me or shock me if Lucas was a starter because I think he did a lot better than a lot of people expected. But Cosme is more of a long-term, young, hungry starter at the left tackle spot that can be here for a good while. Um, but I'm excited to get Eric Flowers back. I think those two on the left side is a phenomenal start to the offensive yeah, line. Absolutely, and uh, you know. Regardless of whether Cosme plays right away or, you know, Flowers coming back, Schweitzer, Sadiq Charles, there's depth, and that is so Finally. huge. Finally. When's the last time, time you had that? Yeah, and how many times have we seen, like you said, guys coming out there that, you know, are, uh, you know, just signed that week and play? I mean, I go back to – I mean, this is years ago now, but the Kirk the Cousins – game? Well, I was thinking of the Kirk Cousins game in Seattle, and he had like oh, yeah. Tyler Catalina, and uh, I think there was somebody else that that you know signed that week and started immediately. Yeah, think I mean if hopefully everybody stays healthy, but you know if somebody gets banged up, you have a guy that's been there before or at least has some um, experience in the league. Uh, I'm 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 really excited about it, but I, I agree with you. I think Cosme uh, is going to definitely compete. I don't know that he, I, I don't know that I'm as uh, ready to crown him as the starter as you, but I think he definitely gets there sooner rather than later. Um, but at the very least, he provides depth um, to start the year, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah, like don't even get me started on uh, Braden Sheriff's injury history and going down that road, which did get traded during the draft, by the way, which a lot of people thought he would. Um, but anyways, talking about depth, we sign a corner in the third round. And this is when fans were really starting to be like, oh, I don't know this guy. Yeah. Ron, I'm trusting you, Ron. But I'm here to tell you, Benjamin Shank. Benjamin St. Just, by the way, St. Just, French, he's from Canada, phenomenal guy, even better athlete. Um, Talked to this guy at the Senior Bowl a little bit, watched him play, exciting guy, like he was getting a lot of buzz going into the Senior Bowl and had a lot more when he left. First off, the thing that jumps out the most to me is his size, like I love a DB that has size, like as a corner, six foot three, 203 pounds, like that's phenomenal, like the length, love it. I love his ability to get up, contend catches the DB out of Minnesota, Minnesota. Brian, right. what was your first thoughts on Ben? Have you done any diving in on him? Or you were you kind of one of those guys that were like, Ron, I don't know about this one? Yeah, I was really I felt like it was out of left field, but uh, you know, I, I really did going in. I was like, I think Ron Rivera's got this. I mean, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, we've got the new front office guys, so I wasn't going to question anything. I just was like, ah, okay, a cornerback. Oh, okay, he's got a pretty awesome name. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, he's he's really tall, and he seems like a, a legit uh, player in the in the Big Ten. So uh, I'm all about it. Uh, I still need to learn a little bit more about him, and I'm not convinced that corner is going to be his spot. Uh, I think that he's going might play a little more safety, especially with that big frame. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see him out there. And like you said, another great story, another uh, freak athlete. Uh, it just goes along with the theme of this 2021 uh, NFL draft for the Washington football team. And I'm all right with it. Yeah, scored a 8.13 in the RAS. And to me, it just screams versatility. We hear that word. I, get, I guarantee you that's in Ron's office above his chair. Culture, versatility. That's exactly. the two main words in Washington right now. And it's funny because uh, Fred Smoot actually talked to him. I don't know if you got to saw that or not. But he said, I'll play anywhere. And that goes back to the senior bowl when he was asked to take reps at safety. And did, you know, not a bad job. Actually stood out and reps. People like, oh, this guy actually played safety pretty well. And uh, I got to listen to Ron Rivera's press conference actually earlier today. And the thing that he, he said, well, first off, he said other teams were interested in trading up to get Benjamin, noted that one team tried to trade with us, and they called afterwards and said, hey, that was the guy that we were trying to trade up and get. And Take that for whatever you want. You can judge the pick, but it sounds like Ron knew exactly what he was doing. But he said that you put him on the bigger receiver. And he said inside is – not probable like it doesn't seem likely which to me i was like okay that's probably one of the spots where we could actually put him you know love jimmy moreland but maybe he's like that nickel guy for us right but he said i want this guy guarding the biggest receiver on the field at all times so like to me i was like okay maybe he could you know guard tight ends i think he'd do a great job against tight ends i feel like that'd be more of his best suit but when you watch his game he's a feisty dude i love how he plays he's got you know feisty hands he's gonna jam you at the line he's gonna frustrate you the entire game and it goes back to william jackson third when we signed him i was like this is the kind of dbs i love yeah because it gets wide receivers so torn up they hate it they get off their game it's like dude if this guy doesn't stop messing with me at the line jamming me getting me off my route like throwing me off then you get those little bickers back and forth like those are my favorite like you, you remember josh norman just like slapping guys at the line that's the kind of he- dbs i like he got in Odell's head every time they would play oh, the Giants. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. Those are the kind of guys I like, and he does that so well. But Ron dropped a little nugget. He said, you see some skill set of free safety in him. And I was like, whoa, Ron, you're spilling the beans. Like, come on. We got the recipe. Yeah, <laughs> You're for telling real. us. Like, that was a little bit of a hint. Do you think that's an actual possibility? Because a lot of this fan base loves, loves, loves Jeremy Reeves' undrafted um, free agent made it out the mud, possible starter for Washington out of South Alabama. People love Reeves. I like him, but I just still don't know how he fits as a sure long-term starter. What do yeah, you think? I mean, Is that some competition for uh, Reeves? Yeah, and we didn't see him. I don't think he was out there most games. I mean, not most games, but it wasn't towards the end of the year where he really kind of 
solidified himself as a starter. I don't I don't know the exact number of games he played, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with he has some great great moments with Curl. Yeah, like they look really good together. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with bringing in competition. Uh, you know, as a rookie, you know, you're gonna have to earn your spot already. So yeah, I'm all for putting him out there in a couple of different spots and seeing where he sticks. You know, it seems like he's got the athleticism to play a couple different spots. He's got the size, like you said, to play against those bigger uh, receivers, whether it be tight ends or, you know, big wideouts. But, yeah, put him out there, see what he can do. Uh, no offense to Jimmy Reeves, but you mentioned he's undrafted. I mean, there's – you know, he is what he is. Maybe last year was a bit of a flash in the pan. Maybe he just – played really well with curl. Maybe he is legit, but there's nothing wrong with a guy coming out there and kind of challenging him and finding out what you got. Um, it'd be really, really awesome to all of a sudden find your starting free safety in the third round from a guy that not a lot of people knew. Uh, so that would be really exciting. Just like curl. Yeah. Nobody um, knew who he was. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And could, could you imagine if you have those two and you, you have those two locked in? But at the same time, you need a, a third safety at least. You don't know what's going on with Landon Collins. Is he moving to linebacker? Is he not? Is he does he have a future with this team? But you know, safety is a legit need. So if he's able to do some of that, and then maybe even step in at corner and mix up some looks, uh, I'm all about it. And it's it's just going to make this defense that's already special that much better. Yeah, it, that's one thing I can't wait to see is what they have up their sleeve for this back half, this secondary. Because like you said, Landon Collins, and now we have uh, a versatile weapon. He can be that corner, the nickel, the a safety. You just don't know. He can rotate in, kind of like Kendall Fuller. Played free safety in Kansas City. Played some nickel with us a while back um, when he was with us for the first time and then moved outside and played a lot of outside corner. So he can do so many things. He reminds me of him actually just bigger, but for his size, he's actually a lot faster than you think he would be like his, you know, accelerates well, he recovers well um, on routes and stuff like that, but he's just so good as a press guy at the line. I I don't know if I'm okay with taking that away and just playing him as a free safety. Now, if we do sub packages and stuff and rotate him as like a press corner, you know, or if something happens in one of our starting corners, like we have another good press corner, kind of like what uh, Will Jackson plays mostly press. And Ron mentioned that, like we can play more press, you know, not giving away too much of our defensive, you know, playbook, but we can play a lot more press against some of these receivers like Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, probably one of the yeah. bigger guys in the NFC East now. Do you think that's a coincidence? He says, I want to put him on the biggest guy at all times. Well, it, well Amari Cooper's and- not the smallest guy either. Exactly. And then you look at some of the tight ends, you know, the, the Giants went out and and got Kyle Rudolph to go along with Evan Ingram. And then Zach Ertz has kind of been a thorn in Washington side for all these years. Um, the one thing I'll say going back to, you know, Jeremy Reeves versus Benjamin St. Juice versus whoever. These are guys that Ron picked at this point. Jeremy Reeves wasn't a, a Ron guy. I mean, he stayed on the team, but he wasn't yeah. selected or signed by Ron. Landon Collins wasn't signed by Ron. Uh, Jimmy Moreland was not drafted by Ron. So, you know, if it comes down to these tiebreakers, you know, for not not a roster spot, I think a, a lot of those guys that we mentioned are going to make the roster. But for playing time, you got to think that this coaching staff is going to go with the guys that they selected. So we're going to have so many people hurt, Brian. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be mad at us, but it's it's true. I, I'm just like, saying, I love Jimmy Moreland. He's oh, a JMU guy, fan favorite. But you kind of hit on a good point. Like you don't know who Ron's guys are, right? And, and so. we'll we'll talk about more. But you know, there was another safety. There were a couple other defenders taken. I mean, I think that's going to be the case all over the place. This is a you know, this is a their chance. You know, their year in, they prove that they can they can win a division. They can prove they prove that they can uh, do some stuff. So this coaching staff, I think, is absolutely going to start going with their guys. Just like any coaching staff, I don't think that's out of the yeah. norm. So that'll be one thing that'll be interesting. You know, if a guy stands out at a position, do they give the tie to the guy that they selected? It'll it'll certainly be something to watch for. Yeah, if you don't believe us, ask Ryan Anderson. Love him to death. Went from a yeah. great finish to the season to just completely irrelevant. Just wasn't what Ron was fitting. And it has to do with changing of the defense. You know, switching between a three-four and a four-three defense, taking out that edge kind of guy that he really played prim- primarily 
But still, he looked really good, finished the season very strong, had a lot of strip sacks against the Eagles, played phenomenal. We had high hopes for him coming into the season, and then Ron's like, nah, this isn't my guy. And well, now it. he's on the Giants. Yeah, same thing for Fabian Moreau. He's, he's down here in Atlanta now. You know, he just wasn't one of their guys, didn't fit yeah. in. Maybe it was flashes, but just wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now, one guy talking about flashes, this guy, Brian. I'm excited. This, this is my guy. I've been so hype on him. Going into the draft, I was like, man, there's two guys that are North Carolina that I wanted so bad. Daz Newsom, Virginia boy out 757, signed with Chicago. Shout out to Daz Newsom. And the dynamic Diami Brown. I'm so excited to talk about Brown. And I will say this. The Cleveland Browns had the steal of the draft with Jeremiah Wusakor-Mora until Washington selected Diami Brown in the third round with pick 82. So many scouts, experts. I mean, Chris Evans was higher on this guy than anyone in the world. But so many people were saying late first, early second round talent. Getting him in the third was a home run. Brian, how did you first feel when they said Diami Brown, third round to just add on to all these gems that Washington collects? This is like buying stock so low and then just stonks straight yeah. to the ceiling. How do you feel? Is he going to be another third round gem for us? I think so, man. And I think that you're right. Yeah, third round is, I guess, our playmaker round. And it just seems like he's yeah. going to fall in the footsteps of Gibson and McLaurin. Um, I was surprised that he was still there you know i that was a name that you know i knew i knew wide receiver was deep but i was like this day ami brown you know i figured that he was going to be in the top half of or you know the top seven eight receivers taken and maybe he was i don't even know what number of receiver he was taken but yeah the fact that he was there really surprised me you know i i'm, I'm one of those fans that you know i'm checking twitter you know looking at things while other teams are on the board and then I really tune in once I see Washington is coming around. I just assumed that he was already gone. And so then when that came in, I was like, whoa, yeah. okay, all right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so to to add to another weapon, it seems like a uh, um, playing with some house money there. And just it's exciting. And I think that uh, um, I think that they're going to find some creative ways to use him like the rest of their wide receivers. And uh, I can't wait to see him out there. And and. He, the one thing that, that I thought was interesting was how good he is at the contested catch. And so that's yeah. going to be so clutch. For his size, too. Yeah. and, and He's you just, a smaller guy, but he's so feisty. And you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in my mind, I think of Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing up 50-50 balls and just kind of like, you know, shoot, somebody's down there somewhere. And hopefully that's Diami Brown a couple of times because I think that's going to be electric and – Ooh, man, I can't wait for, uh, you know, so as, as excited as we are, can you imagine how Scott Turner, like when he saw that, you oh, know, yeah. that was the pick and that was coming through and whatever his involvement was, oh, man. Yeah, his job just got a lot easier. Ryan Fitzpatrick is cheesing. As soon as that happened, there's no doubt about it. Like I said, he's six foot 190, not the biggest guy, but if you watch him on tape, you're like, there's no way he's six foot 190. He is so physical. There's so many plays, like you said, where he's going deep in those 50-50 balls. He just rips out the DB's hands. I forgot who they play. I think it was like Wake Forest or something. But like it looked like it was an incomplete catch. Yeah. And he just rips it. He gets up, and the defender's like, like he's like shocked. He just puts his hand on his head. And he's like, there's no way he just caught that. And I thought the same thing. Donnie Brown was the best deep threat wide receiver in the entire draft, Brian. Did you Ooh. know on go routes, which is just it gets his name from just saying go. Like, just vertical routes. Go as far as you can. I'm going to throw it as far as I can, a.k.a. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had 15 catches, 606 yards, and eight touchdowns, which ranks first in all categories. Like, this guy is a home run wide receiver. We need that so bad. Yeah. The craziest thing about it, he ran a 4.43 40-yard dash. You know where that ranks on our wide receiver core? It's four four three is fast. It should be high, but I think it we should got be some first. Speedsters. Yeah. It's third. Sheesh. Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin ran fast in a four four three. This is our deep third guy who phenomenal forty time, and he's the third fastest guy on our team. Jeez. 
our, our, to be honest with you, our wide receiver room hasn't looked like this since we had like Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder. It's insane, dude. Well, we talked about it a little bit, you know, kind of leading into the draft was, you know, there were some kind of small playmaker type guys available in this draft. And we said that, you know, Kansas City is has built their offense around Tyreek Hill. Their wide receivers are tiny. You don't need a towering guy. Um, when you have guys that fast, that, that gets you open just as much as being able to win a jump ball. Uh, one thing I thought was pretty awesome, Daniel Jeremiah, his comparison for Diami Brown was Terry McLaurin. So to have, so let's say you have even Terry half, two times, baby. Yeah, I mean, let's say you, <laughs> with how spectacular Terry's been, let's say you have half of that. I'll take a half of Terry McLaurin any day. Yeah. And then the fact that you got him in the third in the third round again, shoot. But uh, but uh, but thinking about it, how many times has Terry McLaurin gone up? You know, he's not a huge guy, but how many times has he gone in the traffic and ripped a ball out of there? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the the. Uh, the second the Giants. Giants game, it, yeah, the Jets game from On a the couple outside years sideline, yeah, yeah, he he'll rip balls away, and you're like, this guy, th- that guy really did that, and so yeah, he does everything that. fast, good up the middle, good after the catch. Dami Brown is great after the catch. One Home thing we game. haven't really seen from Brown is being used across the middle, and that's something Terry does phenomenal. Those slant routes where he just gets in between the defenders and then shoots it up for like 80 yards. He's done that like three or four times in his career scoring on these slant routes. We haven't seen that from Brown. I think we're going to see that too. So that just opens up. The best of him is yet to come, which is what gets me even more excited. Go yeah, ahead. You, you can coach him into that. And, and sometimes in college football, just doesn't it seem like, oh, we need a big play. Let's send our fastest guy deep. He probably wasn't asked to do that a whole lot at, at North Carolina. I mean, when you have a that big of a – uh, mismatch on the outside, a guy that can burn you and then win a jump ball. I'd be yeah. running him those routes all the time too. So go routes every play. Yeah, when they teach four verticals him, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that was the quote unquote knock of DK Metcalf that he could only run fast and deep. Okay, I'll take that any day. We yeah, can teach him that. to we can teach him to run a couple of slants and a couple other things. I think that can be taught. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a home run pick and probably my favorite of the of their draft class absolutely this is hands down my favorite um trying to get in touch with them i actually know a guy who knows brown so i'm trying to get him on the pod and to me that would be like the whole time he's gonna be like talking about his game i'm be like yami let's just talk about this play here let's break this down maybe you tweeted it but we got he's got to wear number two that would look oh, so yeah. awesome fresh as jerk oh yeah Shoot. Cam Curl tweeted something earlier today. He's like, "Man, they're like Morgan out here for like number two because he played number two at Arkansas." Yeah. So I'm like, just stick with it. I think rookie. I think all the rookies can get like these new numbers. Like I don't yeah. see too many people switching. Like people got your jersey, man. Like, well, just keep it. One thing I heard, and this is totally off topic with the jersey numbers, is that apparently they have to a player if they're gonna switch, they have to buy back the the inventory of what mm-hmm. they had. I heard that like Dalvin cook was thinking about going back to four from his Florida state days, That'd but he would have to buy back all of his, whatever he's 30, which is a lot. Yeah. So I wonder if that's stopping some of these guys and um, yeah, maybe the new guys who've never had a number like that can just roll in and take that. Cause that too would look real nice as he's flying oh, down yeah. past the Give Cowboys. me a low number. Like I was talking about like, I hope Devonte Smith keeps number six. That'd be great. I don't know what number he got. Um, I don't but like care. wide receivers, He's an eagle. I don't care. I know, <laughs> but like wide receivers back to single digits and like high 80 numbers, like to me, that's great. Like 88 yeah. Marvin Harrison, like big yeah. numbers like that stand out. What if he, what if he totally switched it and went 88? That'd be no. kind of awesome, too. I, I think it'd I be kind of awesome. Too. That too is sick. I mean, I, oh, I've oh, seen I edits see. already. Yeah, I've seen edits. I was like, yep, he's got to go with it. Um, but one thing about him, I also saw a Debo Samuel comp, which made a lot of sense for me too. I wouldn't mind that at all. Terry McLaurin yeah. and Debo on the same team, give me that all day. But one thing that I am very hard on with wide receivers is production. Nate Coleman, shout out to you. He's big on this too. I know he's definitely going to appreciate this. Over the last three years, his PFF grade has gone up steadily. In 2018, he had a 58.7 uh, ranking. 2019, it went up to 69.9. And then in 2020, it just went skyrocketed to 82.8. So every single year, the production was there. The grade was higher. And 
in his last two years in North Carolina, 106 catches, 2,133 yards, and 20 touchdowns. Son, if you're giving me 10 touchdowns a season, you, yeah. can, you can wear double zero if you want to. I don't, just run. Just run and catch. Like, when in doubt, throw it, throw it down. That, that's going to be – that's going to be the model for this offense. Absolutely. And I think he's going to be special, but I don't think that there's pressure to be the man either because yeah. he's got Terry, you got Curtis, you got Adam Humphreys, all these these veterans in front of you to where he's going to get his opportunities and be able to take advantage of it. And they're not going to be looking for Diami Brown when they have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel out there too. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think it adds – just another flavor to this offense that's going to be really, really fun to watch. This offense that ranked second to last last year. Yeah. Adds Curtis Samuel, Dami Brown, Dax Millen's another guy we'll talk about later. Adam Humphrey is a little under the radar signing, just the wide receiver room alone. Like we're, we're building like this gets me hype. Like, and this is a different offense than what we've seen in, you know, Washington pass. Like, it's not that same offense. Like, you can see what the identity looks like, the versatility, the speed. Guys being able to do so much. Honestly, when we start the season, I see Terry starting. You know, Terry's obviously wide receiver one. I see Debo in that slot role, and I see Brown on the outside. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but Cam Sims, like these, these bigger guys, they have a role in the team. You need that big possession guy. I agree. But give me Brown on the outside. He might even play in the slot some. Like, you can still go vertical routes, go, you know, do go routes from the slot. Like, don't be surprised if he plays somewhat in there. Curtis Samuel goes in the outside, mixing things up again. What if Brown goes deep from the slot right. and Curtis Samuel does, like, a slant from the outside and the next play, like, you switch it up? There's so much you can do. But what I'm trying to get at is I really think Brown is going to be starting the season. To me, he has to. Like, the, the things that he can do don't – come close to like cam sims Harmon, agg i hate to say it but like they're not going to be able to do what he does they're completely different wide receivers and and honestly you know adam humphreys is a, a veteran and all that but i think diami brown definitely has more of an upside and and could absolutely take over his spot as well that goes back to you mentioned cam sims agg was a ron rivera pick but some of these guys that have been around and kind of holding on to these like fifth six wide receiver spots i don't i don't know yeah. you you know you weren't picked by this regime and you know you better really show out and so maybe that will let some of these guys you know kind of realize their full potential and the competition will be good for them but could see a couple of changes at the wide receiver room but you're, you're right i'm so excited it's the first time we've had some legit weapons in, in four or five years yeah the wide receiver room you are on notice not single spot obviously with Curtis Samuel Terry McLaurin but we're talking about like those depth guys not a single spot's locked in like yeah. if we just cut AGG it'd be like whoa that was like our fourth round pick two years ago what happened but don't be surprised like no. or same with Harmon like don't be surprised if your guy isn't here next season that's all I'm saying and to round out number fifth pick for Washington round four pick 124 John Bates, tight end out of Boise State. Another guy that was at the Senior Bowl, so I knew who he was because I looked up on him a good bit. 6'5", 250. And this was a pick where everyone's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Brevin Jordan, who was the biggest faller, yeah. I would say definitely, because I was saying this guy's a good third-round pick. Made me look stupid. But I'll take it because I thought he was going to be good, tested very poorly, but so did Bates. But this is a pick everyone's like, whoa, what are we doing? Like, who is this guy? Like, this is not the guy we wanted. Brevin Jordan's the name that everyone knew. He did score low, 6.8 on the RAS. He was one of the guys that were, didn't rank elite, but that's okay. Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay had big words about this guy. Like, yeah. kind of threw me off. Mel Kuyper said, I think that this the best of this guy is yet to come. They think his ceiling is so much more than what he showed at Boise State. And Todd McShay said, I think he catches the ball as well as any tight end in this class not named Kyle Pitts. And I was like, whoa, like that's 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 big to say. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is a in a whole nother planet. But to say like he's up there with the other guys of this draft class, I was like, all right, so I gotta watch some more of this guy. He didn't have their production, which stands yeah. out like receiving wise. The last three years, 44 catches, 545 yards, and two touchdowns. Like you're just like, all right, like that doesn't impress me at all but the more i watch this guy like 
he's actually a phenomenal blocker. He's a great inline blocker as a tight end. I know that's so boring to say. Like, like, well, this isn't Travis Kelsey. Like, no, but like, not every tight end is going to be that. Not many are. Yeah, if if that was the case, we we probably would have won the Super Bowl last year for yeah. Travis Kelsey. But like, just looking at it, this this team really likes Logan Thomas, and you yeah. can't blame him. Like, Logan Thomas had a great season last year. Should have been in the Pro Bowl over Evan Ingram, no doubt about oh, it. Oh yeah. He deserved that spot. Logan Thomas is tight end one. And we've been preaching, oh, we need a tight end two, we need a tight end three. I feel like Bates is going to be that guy that everyone, <laughs> this is going to be fun to say, everyone thought that Thaddeus Moss would be, that inline blocker that can catch the ball when needed to, not the most athletic guy, not fast, not going to run the best routes, but just a dirty, low, get you in the ground kind of blocker. But he can go up and catch the ball. Like I know the numbers aren't there, but when you watch the tapes, he uses his size and he can go up and get the ball. Obviously, it's 6'5, 250. You hope so. Yeah. But it's not like, and it's funny because the first thing we saw on NFL Network where they were copying him to Jeremy Sprinkle, and you're like, oh, great. Like, Throw up in my mouth. That, that doesn't last long. Like, I want to yeah. get rid of this guy already. Don't. Like, don't rule this guy out. I know it's a head scratcher. Everyone wanted someone else. But really, like, I feel like we have a phenomenal coaching staff. And they felt really good about Logan Thomas, you know, converting from a quarterback to a tight end. He had his best season last year in his whole career. I feel like, same with Reyes, I think that this is a guy that we could bring in, mold him how we want him to be. He's not going to be like a dominant receiving tight end, but he can still be a phenomenal tight end in the run game. Help out Gibson, help out that line. And like, that's, that's what we need. Yeah. So like, are you at all worried about him as a tight end for Washington? Yeah, I was I was looking for Brevin Jordan there too, but when when I thought about it, you know, they're going to have hopefully enough playmakers at that pass catching spot with Terry with, you know, all these guys we've mentioned now Deami De- Brown. They they need a guy that can block. They need a guy like you said that can get dirty, a, a, a jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, I don't think this guy's going to wow you ever. Um, you know, maybe maybe he does, you know, you know, he's six five, he's huge. He, he he makes some plays, but I think he's just gonna be solid, whatever they ask him to do, whether it's you know, go out for a route and and make a contested catch in the red zone, or if it's to lay out a you know, a safety that's coming up in the run game. Well, whatever it is, I think that he's gonna excel at it. And you're and you're right. I trust this coaching staff. They identified Logan Thomas, they identified, you know, a Cam Curl, they they identified some guys that all right, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And so this this might have been kind of a stretch, or, but the more you look at it, like you're saying, I think it makes so much sense. A, a tight end to a guy that's out there, you know, as an extra lineman on, on a rundown, and then, you know, they come back in that same formation, you think he's going to block, and he goes out. You know, I think that, that that's huge. And um, like you said, I saw the Jeremy Sprinkle too, and I was like, why didn't we just right. – no, we don't need that. But I think this guy has has better hands, and I think that he'll he'll be a, a weapon. And and I say weapon not in the sense that, you know, he might have, you know, a bunch of yards and a bunch of catches, but a weapon. And you need a guy that can seal the edge, you know, when Antonio yeah. Gibson gets out there. Like you said. How that, key is that going to be? That's yeah, a weapon. He, he's running all over the field. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm all for it, and um, I'm excited to see him out there. To me, this is how I look at it. You have the wide receivers who are going to spread the field out, do their job. You have Logan Thomas who showed that he can go farther. Like He's not going to be a Jeremy Springer that just looms around the five yards and just waits for the ball to come to him. We saw some plays where he's like doing 20, 25-yard you know, yard routes and getting Trying out like that mid yeah. yeah, you're going to appreciate Bates when it's a second goal at the five. We're spreading the field out. He looks like he's an inline blocker, and he just goes out for a, a, a touchdown. Yep. And he just bodies up a linebacker and catches the ball. Like that's yeah. what he's gonna be. Like I like literally was just in my head, like, all right, how can I see this guy playing? Logan Thomas goes out. All right, like Bates is lined up on the left as an inline blocker. Nope, it's a pass. Okay, boom, middle of the end zone, bodied up linebacker. He'll get like two of those, three of those a season. Right. Like you don't know. Like everyone wants your tight end to be Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. You're not going to just find that. You're you're not going to get that, you know, what was he, like a fifth-round pick, George Kittle was, something like that. I don't remember. But yeah. And it just turned out to be one of the best tight ends in, in the NFL. This guy is going to help you get your blocks, improve your run game, 
And then he's going to be a sneaky little guy, possibly in the red zone. Like, give me that all day long. Yeah. Third short, Bates. Five-yard catch, first down. How key are those moments in the game? Instead of punting the ball, you get a first down. Like, I'm not trying to right. hype him up so much, but well, like that, that's all you should ask of the guy, and I think he can do that for you. And we saw too many times when Jeremy Sprinkle was the only Gosh. guy open, and he dropped uh, it. You know, it'll be nice so to have a – It'll be nice to have a guy that, you know, is the is not the first look and it has to be, you know, the dump off and him actually make a catch. I mean, there's there's yeah. something there, like you said, there's something so valuable, build some rhythm. And uh, I think like we've already said, he gives you a couple different looks and to where you can disguise some looks and uh, he'll catch you off guard. I, I like it. And uh, maybe I'm talking myself into it because it's my team, but I, I'm I'm excited about it. And uh, we, we scream, like you said, we scream for a tight end too. So I'm not going to be mad that they took a tight end. Even if it was the last pick, I would have been excited about it. Yeah. So and we don't know about Sammy. Like he's an athletic yeah. freak. Once again, fast, big dude. He could be another re- possible receiving guy. Great hands. So maybe Bates is that tight end three that literally his job is just to be an inline blocker, get a couple first downs in his you know season and get a touchdown or two in the end zone. Yep. If, if you tell me that's what he does. Cool. It's pretty solid for a fifth yeah. or fourth round pick. I'll take it. Like, I'm not at all mad about that. Trust the process. Trust Ron. I know that was like the big thing. Like, everyone's no. like, all right, this is going too far. But I really do. Like, and it came down to Logan Thomas. We weren't so hyped about him, but we really transformed him into a very good tight end one. So Absolutely. I'm hyped about it. First half of the picks, uh, definitely got some good ones. Second half is going to be interesting. We've got some guys that might be kicking out Kerrigan and a long, long snapper with the name Cheese in it. I Brian, like what are you going to say? I was going to say the one thing uh, we talked about, we mentioned a couple different guys. We said Jamin Davis and, and Sam Cosme. You know, we said we could have seen them taking a tackle, could have seen them taking a different linebacker. I think the one thing that will be interesting is kind of keeping tabs on guys like Darisaw and JOK, guys yeah. that they could have taken, could have easily flip-flopped that, taking Darisaw and then JOK in the second round. You, we haven't seen any of these guys out there in pads, you know, even for a practice, much less a game. But that will be interesting down the road to see if they got that right. Did they did they pick the right linebacker? Did they pass on uh, the 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 wrong tackle? That kind of thing. So that'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm I'm all for it. I think that they did their homework and they they picked guys that that fit their system and fit what they're looking for. But it's that like creeping in the back of your mind. Did we pass on a guy that would have, you know, Sam Cosme hopefully is our left tackle for a decade. But did we pass on a guy that 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 would have been even better or that kind of thing? So that's one yeah. thing I'm looking at. And that's, it's the skeptic in me. But all that, all that being said, I really am excited about these guys. And they, they're just all freak athletes. And um, you, you can't ask for much more than that. So I'm excited. You mentioned trust Ron. I'm I'm doing that, but in the back of my mind, I'm just kind of thinking about keeping tabs. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, trust Ron, but you don't have to trust him blindly. You can, you can absolutely have uh, opinions and, and, and think about things and, and that kind of thing. So I'll definitely be keeping that in mind, but I'm excited to see these guys out there, you know, the next wave, the next class of burgundy and gold. Yeah, at the end of the day, I learned that we have no idea what the hell we're talking about when it comes yeah. to mock drafts until the draft comes. Like, we we took so many L's, not even just us, but the football community as fans, yeah. as mock drafters, as our Twitter scouts. At the end of the day, we don't know what we're talking about. It's right. not going to go at all like we think. I never once talked about Samuel Cosme on the podcast. So, right. so to me, like, it, it didn't go. And it, it, it's funny because like I'm like, let me sleep on this. Let me give it a couple of days and then like really think about each and every pick and break it down. So that's five down, five more to go. And I'm not sleeping on these back half guys. I like some of these guys. And then also we have one undrafted free agent confirmed so far. Might be some more coming out. We're not too sure, but I'm super excited about him too. I cannot wait to look at these next five guys. Like I told you, I've been in contact with some of these guys. I know some guys that know these guys. So trying get to get some guys on. on the podcast for y'all. Talk to them, get to know each other more, get to, you know, introduce themselves to the fan base. So looking forward to that. But one thing all five of these guys had in common, they said they had more one-on-ones with Ron Rivera than any other coach that they met with. So Ryan not only Huge. got every single one was Ron's guy. That's the one thing they all had in common. So at the end of the day, these are Ron's guys. And you talked about that. 
so that's one thing we know is confirmed with these. But like I said, next week, back half, I'm going to be studying some tapes, looking at these guys, because there's something I didn't know. But there's some guys in these later rounds that people are like, holy smokes, how do they fall to the fifth, sixth, seventh round? So I'm looking forward to it. Brian, it's been a pleasure breaking down these five, sir. I will see you next week. Sounds good. I've been a great football thing for Maybe I got it all too fast. Too soon. Been living like no fans, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'ma hop in this point and like a fool screw. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.